0: I'm Alexia Russell and today on The Detail, The Bunny Plague. In the imaginary world, rabbits bring us joy and gifts and bedtime tales that lull us into a false sense of security. Because in Otago, rabbits are our worst nightmare. There's always been a lot, but this, this year and last year, you can see the numbers building up. They actually changed the pH of the soil the point where grass doesn't grow you can aim for one rabbit and miss it and get the next one it's an absolute ecological disaster i mean you know it's out of control everyone's had a guts full
1: new zealand's rabbit population is going through another boom you've got everyone saying it's terrible like you can't go to anyone's house in central otago without them to start saying well what are the rabbits like at your place or what are the rabbits like at your everyone is talking about the rabbits It's causing an ecological disaster
0: that's conservatively costing the economy $75 million a year.
1: They are cute animals, aren't they? So I wonder how people would feel if it was a plague of rats. Shoot them. Trap them. Poison
0: them. fumigate them or use rabbit-proof fencing. That's from an Otago Regional Council video urging the populace to get out and kill. Except part of the problem, say farmers, is the council. The Otago Regional Council here are supposed to come and tell us and and they do come and tell us that we need to do something, but that's all they do um, and they really have no idea. Newsroom Investigates editor Melanie Reid usually tells hard-hitting stories that change the landscape but this year she's been heading to her home region of Otago to look at something else that's changing the landscape dramatically. I asked her what made her switch her focus to bunnies.
1: <laughs> well, I never call them bunnies because that's way too affectionate, but I think we do stories that affect communities, and the rabbit problem in the South Island, parts of the South Island, is profoundly affecting the communities down there, and if something is not done about it and done quite soon, we are facing a major ecological disaster, in my opinion, and everyone else is down there.
0: So do you think this is something that New Zealanders are generally
1: unaware of? Well, I think, obviously, most New Zealanders live in the cities, so it doesn't affect them, but in the South Island, parts of the South Island, it is just like... It's been invaded, and the landscape down there is actually changing. Like rabbits, if you do not c- take a really hard line with them, if you like, they just take off. I mean, I think everyone understands now since COVID that exponential curve, and if they are not kept under control, they become out of control. And so, as it's been suggested to me, the major problem down there is that they're out of control, because there has been no control. So we're talking about um, they can breed you know, once a month, they can have 50 babies a year, and that, that saying, you know, they breed like rabbits, is... Um, you know, the reason for it. Is the reason yeah. for it. These things are producing
0: 50 to 60 babies a year per rabbit, and they breed every 28 days. I mean, it's you do the maths. It's insane.
1: They just keep breeding and breeding, and they're breeding faster than anyone can kill them, you know. There's a carpet of rabbits often, a moving carpet. Yeah, they're kind of everywhere. They are adorable, but they're everywhere. Well, I come from central Otago, and I'm down there all the time. In fact, you know, I I was taught to skin a rabbit at the age of 12. Um, Not that I enjoyed it much, but um, I'm down there all the time. My family, my friends are down there, and all of a sudden, it's like my goodness, what is going on? There's been a rabbit explosion.
0: Okay, so this is not something that's just been building up and building up slowly. This is another kind of step
1: up in the problem. It is. And also what has happened in central Otago is that there's been this Sort of proliferation of subdivisions, and so there's all these rural subdivisions and lifestyle blocks, and there, and there's just so many, and all that. A lot of farms have been carved up, and so what's happening is we're joking about the fact we've now got the lifestyle rabbit because the lifestyle rabbit is coming off the farms and they're going to town, and it's quite good for them because you know you can't poison, you can't shoot, because you might shoot someone's pet or poison someone's cat. So they're actually having a field day. In fact, one of our uh, series is about a, a whole town that's overrun with rabbits. It's Wh- like the rabbits have gone that? to town. It's in Moiraki, which is in uh, North Otago. So okay, famous for the north, big boulders. Famous for the yeah. big boulders and, and fleas, now lots of rabbits. And rabbits everywhere. Even over the, the main road down in, in the Meraki village itself, they're living
0: under houses. They're living under trailers, boats, water tanks. They're, they're everywhere, absolutely everywhere. It's ridiculous. You don't have to go looking for them. They'll just up here.
1: So how long has this been going on for? Oh, <laughs> how, how long have the ra- has the rabbit problem been going on for? Well, of course, they were introduced in the 1860s, and within about five minutes, well, I mean a few months, that they became a major, major problem.
0: Rabbit country, stripped bare, eroded useless. This ruin, eating up their land, drove out the sheep farmers one by one until it was left to the government with new rabbit-killing techniques and cattle to bring life back into the high country.
1: And they started just, like, mowing down all the grass and, you know, decimating all the paddocks. I mean, clearly when they were introduced, the settlers had
0: no clue that this
1: was going to be the result. Well, they just obviously, think, no, didn't. no, they sort of did it for sport and, you know, a bit of the home country, and you know, a bit of meat, really, so that they could pretend they were back in England or whatever. But um, you know, seven rabbits they eat as much as one sheep, and um, you know, when there are thousands or even millions of them, they eat huge amounts of grass and basically send farmers broke, and that's what happened, you know, in in way back then, and again. You know, when I was reporting in the very early 90s, in the late 80s, there were farmers back then that were about to walk away and they really were at their wits' end because uh, the rabbits, obviously, had just literally taken over the farms. Now, that was before the introduction of, the illegal introduction of the Khaleesi virus, which basically gave farmers a bit of a breathing space. What it did is it took out I I can't remember the figures, but it was like 80% of rabbits, easily, easily 80%
0: of the rabbits, just like that, just like that. I'm uh, numb and stunned at the moment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, shit. It's just uh, staggering. We can't, uh, just we can't. It hasn't quite sunk in yet. The the enormity of what we've managed to achieve here. It's just uh, unreal. Two days later, it was just like snow around. It was belly up everywhere. It was just magic.
1: But I think what's happened is that if you don't have a kind of plan and you don't control the rabbits in a vigilant way... Like you're always on it. You've got to always yeah. be on it, and then they take off again. Mm. And what's happened here is that here we are again with history repeating itself, and they've taken off again, and and everyone's just at their wits' ends in, in parts of uh, central Otago, and actually, of course, like the Mackenzie country and as far up as Marlborough, but... Since we've had uh, the series running, we've had people from all over the country saying to us, We've got a rabbit problem here. We've got a rabbit problem here. I live out on the West Coast in the Waitakere, and there's problems out in parts of there as well. I think people don't really understand
0: the full extent of the problem unless they see it yeah. for themselves. I mean, I remember taking a trip in the 90s through the Twizel area and. Mm. You sort of, you know, you, you get outside to look at the beautiful scenery and then suddenly you realise that the hillside is moving. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's quite a confronting sight, but these farmers must be absolutely heartbroken by it happening. This area here, when I came over here this morning,
1: I'm not exaggerating at all, there would have been 300 rabbits taken off up that hill.
0: It's just like maggots, as people
1: say, you know, just the whole hill moves. You've actually... Alexia, you've got to see it to believe it because you always hear like the wave of rabbits or the hillside moving. But when you stand there and it's actually happening in front of your eyes, you can't, it's, it's quite hard to comprehend. It's quite hard to believe, as you say. And we're back there again. And what I think has also happened is that It's always been seen as a sort of a farming problem or a pastoral problem. But now they're moving and they're moving into, you know, all these lifestyle blocks, all these subdivisions. lodges and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, if you imagine that every day you came home and all the food in your cupboards had been eaten and there was something eating every – I mean, it does actually drive you a bit – yeah, he crazy. lives downstairs from us, so I know about this problem. I <laughs>
0: guess oh, I've got one as well of those. <laughs> okay, let's just, all right, let's get back to the basics. Why exactly are rabbits a problem? What do they do
1: to the landscape? Well, they are like these kind of like giant mowing machines. So what they do is that they eat all the grass and then they live underneath. So they decimate it on top and and below. So the best way to explain it is like, it becomes like a honeycomb, if you imagine, yeah. and that's why people talk about. Of burrows that's right, and mm-hmm. that's what they talk about. You know that people fall fall because they walk along and they go down to their knees, or their tractors go down. They sink, and they actually change the pH of the soil. So, not only do they eat all the grass, but what I think is underestimated is how long it takes for that land to recover. Oh. And so, look, like, if you look at somewhere like central Otago, it has a low rainfall. The rabbits love it. It's, like, arid. Um, but that turns into a dust bowl because they've just taken everything off it. And they're great survivors, you see. And so the survival stories about rabbits are just extraordinary. They actually, in that severe winter of 91, ended up being cannibals and eating each other's ears off. Like they jump on sheep's backs in a flood. I've seen them do some pretty clever things, you know, like
0: take this fence. Generally, they won't, you know, climb it or, or try and get over it but if a dog is chasing a rabbit or maybe you shooting at a rabbit they can certainly run up these these fences and get over that that height. Are there new methods that we can try
1: to get rid of them what can you do to get rid of them? Well you know as they say in Central you never take your eye off a rabbit especially in Central Otago and unfortunately they have so The Khaleesi virus was brought in in 97 and that basically wiped out about 80% of the rabbits. It was very effective. And so it feels as though um, in some parts that people have relaxed a little bit and had a bit of breathing space and haven't kept vigilant control of the rabbits and there's been no really vigilant enforcement. Mm. Now, and so, therefore, here we are 24 years later and the rabbits seem to have some sort of immunity to that virus now, and so they're away again and they're away in this massive wave that's just like, there's just hordes and hordes and hordes of them. So um, we, of course, have talked to the regional council and said to them, you know, what on earth is sort of going on? And they've been... um, very honest, actually, which is quite refreshing. They're not trying to sort of bombard us with um, bullshit, which is what quite often happens as journalists, as I'm sure you're aware. And they've talked about the fact that they have been concentrating more on pastoral land and and um, a lot of farming land. They're telling us this is under control. But, you know, now they've got these mega issues with all these subdivisions and all these towns because... Um, they're not quite used to working out how they can control those areas. all the areas constraints of, of that, that. A people area. That's right, yeah. and also because it's a user pay system. So this is the big issue, is that you might control the rabbits on your side of the fence, but they don't control the rabbits on their side of the fence. And the people say, look, the worst offenders are the crown entities and the 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 public spaces. So you've probably heard that there's major issues with like the rabbits and cemeteries all through Central and Southland and Invercargill. Like really big problems there. Like so they or they love the reserves or anywhere. Look, they're actually they're actually everywhere. Which answers your question. Why are we doing the story? Because the rabbits mm. are everywhere. But I mean, can you?
0: Smoke them out, or oh. <laughs> or drown them, or you can, oh, it sounds very dark, doesn't it? I and, know, yeah, it does. It and sounds Otaku, like we're in some sort of zombie movie. Yeah. Well, the Taco Regional Council's got a very dark video on its website. I of, know. about killing rabbits. Yeah, which, well, they.
1: <laughs> well, I know. Well, I don't. I'm not very good at killing things. But what uh, what they do is that they gas them. They put water in the burrows. They shoot them. They try that. I mean, I think the most effective way is the poisoning. Mm. Um, unfortunately, because they don't think that's. All so
0: that what? Big. I mean, is there any method you could use to encourage people to start shooting the rabbits? I mean, you
1: know, well, what when about, we grew up, we they used to shoot them out the kitchen windows, but of course, you can't do that sort of thing now. No, you might get your um, neighbor, or your neighbor's dog. You might. I yeah. you know. I don't know. Well, that's if you're not a very good shot. We, of course, yeah. all were, but. I think the problem, Alexia, is that there is no cohesive plan. So no one knows what the hell is going on and there needs to be communities all together saying right, this is the plan, this is what we're doing. Because there's no point if we're going to control the rabbits over here, if there's a reservoir of rabbits sitting in the dock land or the lins land or the public spaces around the lakes. Mm. I mean there's just absolutely no point. I mean could
0: you make money out of them? I mean they're their pelts are very silky and soft and make <laughs> lovely cushions. I feel like an ogre saying this. <laughs> um, you want
1: rabbit skin duvets and things, Alexia. <laughs>
0: well, and and pet food. I mean, what what are the mechanisms being used there to, you know, use up the
1: carcasses? I think that it's never worked in the past, and we worked quite closely with Rachel Edgerton, who's a historian, and she sort of did a thesis which covered a lot of this. And it's very hard to have a major industry based on rabbits and also try and control the problem because obviously you need the rabbits to have the industry. And after World War Two, the government tried to tax the industry because you know, of course during the Depression people were living off the rabbits and the skins. But they, they taxed the industry like hundred percent to try and, you know, put it put them out of business and try and control the rabbits. And so in the a, end they made it illegal. Is,
0: right. So you're saying this is a big catch twenty two that if you have it enough is. rabbits to build up an industry, then the motivation for getting rid of the rabbits is removed.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I grew up in the South Island and Central with a blade sharer, and his name was Paddy Mathias. And he, he used to be a rabbiter. And he said, well, the problem, Melanie, with the rabbit board is that they never, ever shot the last rabbit because they didn't want to shoot themselves out of a job.
0: There are people who are using the oversupply of wild rabbits to create a business, restaurant suppliers and pet food included but it will take far more than that to make a significant dent in the rabbit population. The question is, what?
1: Well, I think at the moment there is no silver bullet. So the priority has to be to get them under some form of control, so a level of control, so that they don't just continue to breed and breed and breed. There needs to be a coordinated plan, so between the government local government, the farmers, the homeowners, because at the moment, they're just breeding and nothing. there is no coordinated approach. But Mel, humans are at
0: the top of the food chain and bunnies
1: are very small. Why can't we do something about it? Because we dither and dither and dither a bit more and it's always someone else's fault and it's always someone else's problem and uh, there's no plan. And we've been worried about other things, I guess. And, you know, like... They're doing a huge plan with the predators, which is absolutely fantastic. But the problem is that the predators, they chase the rabbits because that's their main food source. So that has to be in the equation. People need to actually look at this as something that's very serious, not just like, oh, aren't those cute little rabbits running around the rail trail or the Gibson wineries... Aren't they cute? Well, no, they're not. Well, I think that one of the problems with rabbits has always been seen as the rural problem or the farming problem, and it's a user-pay system, so it's like you sort out your own rabbits, much like if your trees are growing through the power lines, you have to sort it out, otherwise... They'll charge you mm. to come and sort it out them yourself. So that's the system, yeah. and it hasn't worked because people run out of money. They run out of they, their spirits get broken. They run out of ways to manage it. They don't have the money to put in fences. But can I also just add that there's massive debates going on down in Central Otago about selling properties to mainly Aucklanders. I must say. And not telling them about the rabbit problem. So, there's a lot of suggestion that there needs to be rabbit prone written on the real estate signs, and that the real estate agents need to be telling people, hey, this is a rabbit prone area, because it will, you know, they tell you about what your rates cost, they tell you about any other issues, and they don't tell you that your rates um, are going to be insignificant compared to the rabbit bill. We made a mistake introducing wild animals into this country, upsetting the balance of nature. But by studying them and the land, we'll eventually find what to do. For our own sakes and our children's, we must control these introduced animals of New Zealand. They have to do something. They have to do something and do something fast. And, you know, our job is to show that there is a problem. It's not necessarily to solve the problem, but it's pretty obvious that the government and and the local government and the farmers and the homeowners, you know, that there has to be a coordinated approach to this. And, And it has to happen fast, because otherwise, as they say in Central, you know, you'll be fighting a losing battle for a bloody long time.
0: That's it for today. I'm Alexia Russell. The detail is brought to you by Newsroom.co.nz and made possible by RNZ and New Zealand On Air. You can get us downloaded free to your mobile device every weekday from any podcast platform. And if you're using Apple, please leave us a rating so others can find us too. Today's episode was engineered by Jeremy Ansell and produced by Mark Jennings. And thanks to Newsroom's Melanie Reid, Matawa.